around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody. God bless you and welcome today. We're so glad you have joined us at Terry Mize Ministries Podcast, uh, the last one <laughs> we're going to do here for the year. And uh, we have come right down to the finish line. And we're about to begin a brand new 2019. Who'd have thought we'd ever make it to this far? Um, the church still has a great deal of work in our finest hour to continue to do. So Terry and I are going to take a little break and um, go do some things here with the family and then be back in gear the very first Sunday in January in Houston, Texas, um, ministering and preaching the Word of God. But in the meantime, uh, we're also going to go do a a New Year's Eve service and some hunting with some grandkids and have a good time. And so we're uh, we're looking forward to sharing all that with you and letting you know that, you know, Jesus is, is uh, 24-7. It's not something you just do on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, or whenever your weekly service time is at your local church. Um, a lot of things happening in the world, and the church has to be in charge. Well, and absolutely. so we're going to, uh, prayer never stops. The Bible teaches us to be constant in prayer. Um, the church also tells us that we've, we've got to be, um, you know, never lagging in zeal, never uh, letting our guard down, but always being watchful and aware of what's going Amen. on in the world. And so we're excited about that and want to just share with you right now and talk to you about what we are, are, have seen God do. And, is, you know, the Lord's working through every one of you. You've been salted into the earth to do things for the kingdom of God around the world. And there's nobody that um, doesn't need to understand or realize their value. You are valuable to the work of God. You know, we're doing a Facebook Live yes, at the same are. time we're doing our podcast. So, <laughs> so I've, uh, excuse me, I've had to move the, the Facebook right. closer that's twice. Right. I didn't know people were going to be writing to us. If you want me to know who's there, Glenn Puggett, Beth Webb, dear friends for a long, long, long time. Hey, so uh, I'm sorry I had to scoot it a little, little closer to see, right. uh, see that small, uh, like, small writing. We have on our camo shirts. The reason we have on camo is we're taking four grandsons uh, deer hunting. Y'all and, pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> annually for decades. Uh, I've taken my kids and then my grandkids hunting on the week between Christmas and New Year's. And then Dean, Dean Garner, Renee's husband, my best friend for 40 years, uh, took his boys. So so Dean and I took Matt and, and uh, Alan and Lynn and Paul right. uh, for decades hunting. And now <laughs> now they're old people, so we don't take them anymore. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, but we're taking uh, four of my grandsons. I've got five grandsons. Right. Renee has three. Her three are in Texas, and they're actually hunting this week as well. But uh, we're going to way south Texas, down in, uh, in Hebronville, Texas, which is... Uh, still 52 miles past Laredo, so it's right. a long ways down. And uh, we've got dear friends down there. We're going to be preaching for on uh, Sunday morning and then on Monday night to take the old year out and the new That's year right. in. Pastor Hallelujah. Kelvin Box and Monica are dear, dear friends. That's and right. for probably 20, 23 years or so, I've been doing the watch night service or the New Year's Eve service for them and then uh, hunting in the great South Texas hunting area, uh, home of the Muy Grande. And uh, anyway, so Renee and I are going to be hunting this week, and we're going to be shooting some pigs and shooting some deer and right. maybe some coyotes and some rabbits. I mean, you know, we'll just shoot anything. <laughs> Those the boys, boys anything the, that moves out there on the ground, they're they're quick on the trigger. When so. the boys were smaller, when they were, you know, just seven, eight, nine years old, they'd take machetes down there right. and they'd uh, go beat up on oh all my. the cactus. You know, Texas has these right. big old 
prickly pears with thorns all over them and and uh, so they'd go and hack down all the prickly pear. <laughs> Time or two, they hacked down some that were pretty tall, and they fell over on them. So that wasn't, oh, that yeah. wasn't good. Oh, yeah, there's some cactus stories. I have had to take There's some boys some down and uh, pull, take take pliers and pull thorns <laughs> out. But uh, in South Texas, I've always said South Texas is, uh, I guess it's like any desert. Right. But South Texas, I've always said, was a hard land. Uh, for a hard people. Right. So back in the day, I can't even imagine the pioneers back the pioneers, in the day. The pioneers, effort that and, it took. Uh, back in the 1700s, 1800s, wow. and, and with the Indian tribes, and the, and then, of course, the revolution with Mexico and the Alamo right. and all of that. Right, right. Uh, and everything in South Texas, if it's an animal, it's got... Uh, it's got horns, or it's got stingers, or it's got fangs. Right, right. And if it's a plant, it's got stickers and thorns. Oh, my and goodness. They even have one little plant feet. down there that I have to just guard the, warn the boys from all the time. And I've had to warn Renee, too. Right. Because uh, she never hunted until we married. She, Even though all those years Dean and I hunted, she never went hunting. But <laughs> I've taken her. But there's a little little thorn down there that grows in the trees as well as in a bush. And it's called Tasajil. Uh, I don't know where that Spanish name come from came from because tasa means cup, like a cup of coffee, um, and um, but it's called tasa hill. So I don't know where the the name came from because it's not a cup and it's not friendly, uh, <laughs> and it not. actually has a hook on the end. It's a tiny little sticker, bad, tiny little sticker, little but at the end dude. of the point, it actually hooks over. So yes. when it goes into you, uh, not only does it uh, does it stay in because of the hook. But when you try to pull it out, it actually has a little plastic coating or a little plastic sheath around the thorn. From the so when you, when you pull it, uh, it pulls the plastic sheath off. The thorn doesn't come out, just the plastic sheath comes off, and you're left with that thorn. And I've had to cut a many of them out. So wow. uh, in Jesus' name, we won't get any, uh, no, we won't be no, friendly with no. any Tasajillo this week. No. But uh, we have certainly in the past uh, had our fair share of thorns and, and stickers and barbs and uh, fangs and horns and uh, all kind of exciting stuff in South Texas. So anyway, we're leaving today. We're in Tulsa, right. but we're about to make that trip south. And uh, we've got four of, the, four of the grand boys here. They're all anxious and excited. And they think that Papa and Mimi are taking way too long to get this thing done. Uh, but anyway, yeah. we're, we're headed down and we wanted to, it's Wednesday. So we wanted to do, is a word Wednesday. We wanted to do our podcast. That's right. And we just thought, hey, it'd be fun to, when we do the podcast, we'll just uh, go ahead and put the Facebook up and do a Facebook live as well. So uh, anyway, today's the last, as Renee said, this will be the last podcast mm. of 2018. Isn't and that something, how fast the year has gone oh my by goodness. and all the things that everybody uh, deals with? You know, I just want to encourage you to take some time to really sit down and count your trophies of the things that God delivered you from and the things that God blessed Anna, you and, Anna de sweet. and delivered you into. <laughs> and so I, I want to encourage all of you to take that wonderful time to just reflect on the good things of God. They're all through Psalms. I, you know, you find that um, David and the writers of those Psalms are in just about every emotional state that you can find. Good seasons, bad seasons, hard, uh, heartbreaking, fearful, uh, things that, that were happening in their lives. And Psalm 90 I was reading um, earlier in the year, and it's just stuck with me. And I'll just uh, speak to you and and on that topic. But the very first verse is so uh, profound to me. And the Holy Spirit just seemed to just 
uh, comfort me and both encourage me with it. But it says, Lord, you have been our refuge and our dwelling place in all generations. Yes, yes, Verse yes. 1, Psalm 90. And actually... Aren't you glad he said all generations? All generations. Not just one generation, but, but everlasting. No, that's right. And, it's like um, the covenant God cut with Abraham there in Genesis 17. And he said, right. he said, I'll make this covenant to you, Abraham. <laughs> well, if that was just Abraham, I'd be happy about it, but it wouldn't help me. Right. He said, but to you, Abraham, and your seed after, after you, you, and their seed after them that's right. and in their generation. So it wasn't just in Abraham's generation, then God said, okay, that's done. No, right. Or just Abraham and Isaac, and then God's done. No, he said this covenant is an everlasting covenant in our generation, for our generation. So the word's good for everybody and forever. Praise God. No, that's right. And um, you and I, as believers, uh, Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are a city set on a hill, and we cannot be hidden. So when you think about your value and your placement in geography around the world, then you know that God has a plan to cause you to dwell in him. You have been our dwelling place and our refuge in all generations. And even Psalm says, even to a thousand generations. So God's plan is never to give up on the human race. It's to always be there with us, to have a plan. And I, 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 in the middle of the night last night, I, was, I woke up and I heard in my heart how, how many times God always has a plan. And he's always ahead of everybody else. Yeah, and I that, woke up at 4 o'clock this morning and you weren't in bed. And I came in here in the dining room and <laughs> there you were reading your Bible. <laughs> well, it becomes habit forming after all these years. And it is profoundly impactful, supernatural, when you take the word of God. And as uh, you know, the word gives us the analogy that you eat the word, that you literally, it nourishes the soul and it feeds the mind, and it causes you to have a thought way higher than the one you can come up with. You know, I'm five five, and I've told the Lord so many times, Lord, I can only think five foot five today. <laughs> I need something higher. And Isaiah fifty five certainly explains that His thoughts. That's what this why this Bible was written was to give us a higher thought in every circumstance of life. And so, I, as I was saying earlier, I want to encourage you to take some time to think on, like the Psalm says, Sila the wonderful blessing of God that the Lord's given each of us in this life. There's always something to praise the Lord about. There's always a memory, a, a trophy that you can hold up to hell and say, look what the Lord has done. Absolutely. And don't, don't be discouraged. You know, you can be disappointed and hurt. And, uh, you know, a lot of things in life can, can just look like, you know, maybe they're hopeless in your situation. But I want to encourage you today to put your trust in the Lord. Uh, let God uh, lift you up. If you happen to be like, like Psalm says, why be downcast? Oh, my soul, hope thou in God. And when you put your hope in the Lord and put your trust in the Lord, he always pulls you up and he always puts you on higher ground. It's, he says he, he's lifted us up out of the dunghill. He lifted my feet out of the miry clay. He took me from the low impossible place to a high place, David said, high upon a rock, lifted up above your enemies. And so God's always got a way uh, to pull your feet out. And, you know, uh, just always tell the devil, you know, I can hear that sucking sound now. <laughs> God's exactly going right. to suck me right up out of this and pull me into a place much greater and much higher. And everything about God is a higher class a word, a higher class thought, a higher class um, method of where you, where you have been. He wants to help you do it better, quicker, faster, and with less struggle in your life. And uh, there's a fight 
There's a fight in the spirit, but that's why we have armor. That's why we have the word of God. That's why we have the inward presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely. You know, I got real suspicious when I was a kid, a teenager, and I was reading Ephesians. And I read about uh, the whole armor of God, and he said he's going to have to put this on. Uh, And he started (laughs) listing these things, our helmet, our breastplate, our loins girded about the truth, our our feet shod in preparation of the gospel of peace, our shield, our sword. And uh, I got real suspicious that we're going to have a battle. You know, I thought, oh, this isn't going to be just uh, rolling through the tiptoeing to the tulips. There's going to be a battle here because God's telling us to get this armor on. But you know no, what? He put right. he gave us the armor and he gave us the word so we could be conquerors yeah. more, more than, than more than conquerors to him that loves us. That's why we have to preach to one another. Um, Hebrews, First uh, and Second Peter, James, all intimate to us that we are to warn, admonish, and encourage one another daily. Yes, yes, one yes, another yes. daily. Absolutely. For it says the days are dark and. You and I are definitely living in some dark days, and the enemy wants to silence the voice of Christianity. Oh, he wants. Can you to... imagine in America they're trying to silence the voice of God and Christianity and oh Christians and right I'm and righteousness for Americans that have shocked. fallen prey to that? Even churches and pastors that are embarrassed about speaking the word of God or the presence of the Holy Spirit. I know we've always got, you know, Brother Hagin said years ago, he said, if you're going to open the window and get some fresh air, you're always going to let a few flies in. <laughs> and that means it's always, it's not always going to look just great and wonderful. But, you know, he would, Brother Hagin would always say, we'd rather have wildfire than no fire. Well, but this and is so a concentrated effort to, from It's hell a concentrated effort. To try exactly. to bring down America and to try to bring down Christians and try to bring down God. I was talking to somebody yesterday, Renee, at Christmas. You know, we were visiting with just some different friends and people. And uh, and I was telling them about the money we've sent to orphans. You know, we've, right. sent, we've sent tens of thousands of dollars this last two weeks to orphans. In fact, we've still got it we're coming still in. Sending. I've had several we're pastors say, hey, we're still sending money. It's just going to get there after Christmas. In right. fact, I got a phone call just, uh, what, 25 yeah, yeah. minutes ago right. so uh, from a pastor, dear friend. And he said... He said, oh, Terry said, I had a check made out at the church, and I forgot about it, and it's already over Christmas, and, and I'll get it in the mail today. Is it still <laughs> is it still okay? I said, sure. I've got pastors that are sending money in for right, orphans, right. and when we get it, we'll, we'll get it to them. But, but anyway, I was telling somebody about that, and then I just happened to think about uh, some pictures you and I just received. Right. Uh, uh, last Saturday night, two weeks ago, I think I mentioned right. on last on the broadcast last week on the podcast, and we were sitting in Michigan having a meal and just abundant food everywhere on our table on our uh, everybody else's table around there was abundant food. And I got these twenty or thirty pictures from Romania no, of just a, a gypsy village and people just absolutely impoverished right. more than an American can think. Americans think they've seen poverty. They think they know some about poverty, but we yeah, don't. No, we live Not in so America. much higher. And it was just abject, just horrible conditions and horrible poverty and no water. And uh, so we're going to dig a well by, because of that. And uh, we're, uh, I, I just said to my, my, my friend there and, and colleague there in Romania, I said, well, you know, what can we do to help these people? I said, it'd be mean to send them a Christmas gift. It'd be mean to send them a soccer ball or a, or a Barbie doll. I mean, mm-hmm. they need food. They need clothes. They need winter gloves, winter coats. They need boots. That's they right. need they need flour. They need oil. They need sugar. They wow. need firewood. I mean, they you know they need life. They need something to keep no, them alive. Right. Right. And uh, he said, yeah. He said uh, they they they're desperate. And I said, well, how many do you think there are? And he said, well, there's. He said the village is poor, but he said there's twenty of the poorest of the poor families that I'm concerned about uh, surviving. And there were 22 children living in two... Yeah, he sent us two pictures. 
bedrooms. Of two bedrooms where with three beds. Three beds in each bedroom. And I don't think he, both bedrooms even had three beds, did they? I thought it was a three bed total. Maybe. We can yeah. one of us we can be wrong about that. But there was twenty two kids. Twenty two sleeping children. in two rooms. And I think they were sleeping in three beds. They could have been sleeping in six, as Renee said, but I, I was under the impression. But anyway, nevertheless, 22 kids sleeping in two rooms, in tiny rooms, tiny, tiny rooms, uh, walls with no insulation, just miserable. And so I said, well, send us a figure quick, how many people and how much money? And uh, he said, well, he said, I think we can make up a nice basket with oil and flour and firewood and sugar and clothes and some stuff right. for, I can get it for $60 a piece. And I said, and I said, well, how many? And he said, well, twenty of the twenty of the families. And so I, I said, okay, that's a hundred, that's twelve hundred dollars, that's sixty dollars. That was twenty families. So we immediately sent him a check for twelve hundred dollars. And uh, so I was telling somebody about that yesterday. I was telling about the, the and I showed them some of the pictures. Just I said, it made me sick in my stomach when I got the pictures. And they looked at them and said, oh, I'm getting sick in my stomach. And uh, uh, and then I started telling them about uh, some of the gypsy pastors over there, and I hate to call them by name because it, it didn't bury some of them. Uh, but uh, I was telling them about, you know, uh, when I first introduced Renee to some of them, and they'd come up to, to shake my hand and to meet Renee when I first took her over there after we got married four years ago. Um, and I'd say to her, you know, I'd say, now this next pastor that's coming, I said, look at his fingernails because the, the, the secret police have put their fingers uh, in the door jam and shut the door on the door jam and just just you can look at their fingernails and see right. how how they're right. they're distorted and deformed because of that damage and that injury and then I'd say now see this guy up here he's got scars in his back where they you know where they beat him and I say see this guy here he's got scars all over his body where they burned him with gas with kerosene just kerosene all over his body and fire and uh, and I see this guy here they they beat his wife in the belly when she was pregnant in front of him just beat her with her fist until she aborted the baby lost the baby. Uh, and, and, and this guy here, they, they raped his wife in front of him. This guy here, they raped his daughter in front of him. And I was just introducing her to some of those pastors, and I'd tell her some uh -huh. of their story before they got up to us, you know. And uh, so I was telling somebody about this yesterday. I got on this yesterday here at the house. And, uh, and I just said, you know, I'm just, I'm just appalled. I said, we have fought. America has fought communism and has fought uh, socialism and has fought Nazism all these decades, and we, our rally cry in the United States was always, we're not going to let the godless, the godless, the, the people without God, the godless communists uh, take over this, this nation. And so we've always been the world's defender right. against the godless communists because our big deal was we're not going to let a nation without God no, no. come in and take over a nation because then they'll perpetrate their atheism and their godlessness, which means there's no morals. If there's no God, there's no morals. You know, if there's no God, then so what if you kill somebody? Or so what if you lie to somebody? So what if you steal? Yeah, the, the so what if the strong people beat up the weak people? No, they, life has nobody's, no value. It's cheap. Nobody's except for them. Right. And the communists say, oh, there'll be no more poor people, which is a damnable lie from hell because <laughs> it just means those that... Those are the poorest countries it, 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 in the those world. Those are the poorest countries in the world because just the hierarchy has the money. Uh, the hierarchy don't share that money. It doesn't share that money with the people. The people are impoverished and the hierarchy has the money. Uh, and so it's all a lie. It's always been a lie. Communism is a lie-based system. Socialism is a lie-based system. 
and, and I've despised it all my life, and I've fought against it all my life, both in the military when I was a veteran, I'm a veteran, and then again and then, then ministry all these years to take Jesus to countries, to take God to country. Most of you know the story where I took a Christmas tree into Cuba, an atheist country, two years in a row, and now it totally changed history because for 45 years from 1958 until the year I first took it in, 2004, 45 years, Silent Night was silent in Cuba. There was no Christmas in Cuba, no lights, no trees, no songs, no nothing. You work in the fields. It's not a holiday, not a holy day. And then in 1963, President Castro turned the nation into a communist state and also an atheist state. There is no God. And so then in 2004, uh, a government uh, official and myself uh, got together and, and he said, well, I said, let me bring you a Christmas tree. And he said, no. But then months later, he said, okay. And he said, if you bring the tree, he said, also, we want you to tell us the Christmas story. So here I am. And he said, we want you to be the first American in 45 years to come into Cuba and, 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 and have a tree lighting ceremony. But after the tree lighting ceremony, we want you to be the first American in 45 years to have a church service uh, in a government building with government permission. And so uh, we did that. We did that in 2004, and it was on the news in Cuba, all over the nation. Everybody saw it. Then we did it again in 2005. And then people ask me all the time, Brother Terry, do you still take Christmas trees to Cuba? And I said, I don't have to anymore. I did it twice. And now if you go to Cuba at Christmas time, if you were there right now, you would see Christmas trees right. and you'd hear Christmas carols <laughs> and you'd hear people singing and you'd see lights yeah. up and decorations. You'd see manger scenes, nativity scenes that didn't happen for 45 years because it was a godless, atheist state. And, uh, and so I hate atheism. I hate godlessness. And yet now we've got a lot of politicians. I don't mean this to be a political podcast at all, but we literally have politicians here in America now, Renee, uh, especially, and uh, in, in numbers of them uh, have just come out of the woodwork, and they're in the Democratic Party, I hate to say, but they are. Uh, and uh, they're trying to turn America into a socialist state. You know, right. we've got this ignorant little old girl in New York that won, uh, won a Congress seat, uh, that, you know, she, she's, I don't think she's smart enough to get out of a paper bag, but, uh, her, her political comments are certainly ignorant, uh, but she's trying to turn the nation into a, into a communist socialist state. Uh, look at Venezuela right now. They're, they're eating out of the garbage dumps. They're eating, uh, eating, uh, right. trash and filth. And yet they're one of the richest nations in the world as far as oil production. They have more oil under the ground than almost any nation in the world. And yet because of the godlessness and because of socialism, because Hugo Chavez turned it to a socialist state, they can't get it out of the ground and the people have no food. And yet they're setting on trillions of dollars. It's just, it's just, it breaks my heart. I'm a missionary. I try to help people around the world. Then you've got people like this goofy girl and like Hugo Chavez and like Fidel Castro that's tried to hurt the world. And so I refuse to have America become a, the, the very thing that we've always despised, and that's godless. America's always despised godless nations and godless societies and tried to change it to where we'd have God-full, God-filled nations. And, and I tell you what, this missionary is fighting his dying breath that this does not become a godless nation. And we don't want America to become what we've always despised. Now, and that's the purpose for the church. Um, again, if things are going to change in America, it will be because the church prays, rises up, becomes very bold, very involved, and has something to offer back. And people that are impoverished here in America, that are sleeping on the streets, uh, many of them can be helped 
by local churches and people that are in the local community. And the reason God has put us in the earth is to preach the gospel. Absolutely. And and somebody said, is to preach the the gospel and if necessary, use words. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's it's by our our actions and it's by um, the wisdom of God the power of God, that when we start having miracles and we are very vocal about it and we are out there in the marketplace uh, displaying the word of God. You know, there's seven and a half billion, I think about this so often, there are seven and a half billion people on the planet. How important could my life possibly be on the scope of all of that mass of humanity? But, except, except for the fact that we are created in the image of God and endowed by our Creator (laughs) with certain inalienable rights. We have been bought and purchased. And those of us that have heard the gospel, we know our value costs the blood of Jesus. And so because of that, God has come to live on the inside of me. And all of a sudden, my value goes up in the scope of how effective I can be among mankind. Absolutely. And that I can have a voice. I can say something. I can demand. I can command. I can declare. I can bind. I can loose. I can intercede on behalf of people. And God Almighty, Creator, excuse me, (laughs) God Almighty, Creator of the ends of the earth, will hear my prayer and begin to move and loose heaven's resources to take care of the needs that are on this planet by by people. And that's what Luke talked about there in Luke, you know, Luke 11, Luke 18, that you and I can begin to pray and intercede and God will even turn the hearts of unrighteous men to meet the needs of Absolutely. people here on this planet. So I want to stir you up, Paul said. Like Paul said. <laughs> I want to stir you up to not be silent, to not think about your, your life as being, don't be pitiful with your life. Don't allow the enemy to make you small and dwarf you um, in, in all kinds of circumstances in life, high and low. God intends for you to be the people of God. And if, and if you have a moment where you feel like you've got problems, you think about some of these situations Terry told you about here today, how desperate these people are just for daily necessities. Oh, and then here we sit in the in, in opulent uh, American Christianity, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've got the answer, and yet we're letting the we've devil. We've got the answer to the world's problem, and we're and we're letting the devil make us feel uh, hurt and wounded and and destroyed and and in some way incapacitated, or we don't we're not enough, or we're dwarfed in some way. We can't do something. My goodness, my go to the go they're to. They're more than conquerors. Yeah, go to your knees in prayer. Stir yourself up. Don't let that last more than about 10 seconds. And you move on up in the realm of the Spirit. You take authority over things that might be trying to hamper you. And you begin to go get a globe and put it on the kitchen table uh, to lift yourself up and say, No, I'm going to pray for the world today. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what happened. I don't care what the checkbook says. I don't care what the clock says. (laughs) I'm going to go do something and I'm going to fight the good fight of faith by the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. It will quicken my mortal body. Literally, it will take your mortal body to another place of strength in God. And you'll come back and be able to have, have done something for the kingdom of God. And that's what the ministry is for, to preach you into a place of, of understanding and absolutely. encouragement so that you are absolutely doing the work of God regardless of your circumstances, good yeah. or bad. Brother Osteen used to always tell us, fight life through. Fight life through. Fight, my fight, God. fight life fight. through. <laughs> 
Yes, and, and you have to I, fight through. Sometimes the biggest fight is with yourself, oh, not even with other people. I didn't mean to get on a rant today, but uh, I just, you know, we just get impassioned right. about um, I try to be calm and collected. About and communism, and about the horrors does. of hell that are attacking and how that the church has authority. The church has That's dominion. You, the That's church you. is the one that can put this stuff to flight and That's stop right. this stuff and take authority this. and take dominion. But uh, sometimes the church is asleep and we want to wake you up. And cause you the to be about has to the master's stop this business. Foolishness. The, uh, re, re, we have had a political revival of sorts here in America, but we've got to have a cultural revival that stirs the church. That the church is so strong and so influential that it actually changes the culture mindset here in America. And Amen. we drive this dark cloud of oppression, of uh, anti-Christianity, anti uh, anything that has come against our country. God has blessed our country Absolutely. because we sure. decided to to bless others, and we were built on the on the gospel. Somebody said, uh, I saw on Twitter the other day, well, God's not even mentioned in the Constitution. It's because what? it was an understand. It was a given. We are in debt. Hello. Certainly endowed by our creator. That's God. <laughs> hello. That <laughs> wasn't thought, the big bang. That's How God. blind can you possibly be? But see, Jesus said, Satan has blinded the eyes. Sure. And that can be of the church and even of the world. Oh, absolutely. Of people, so lest they come to a knowledge of the But the church is the one in truth. authority. It's just We're that somehow absolutely. she's gone to sleep. Absolutely. And uh, we actually act like Hollywood and Washington are the important ones, and that's not true. The church is the ones with the authority, with the dominion, and we're the ones to to uh, uh, undergird this nation right. we and know to the pray truth. for those politicians. So, you know, politicians sometimes are just nice folks when they get elected. Then they get to Washington, D.C. and get demon-possessed by those demons that have been there for years. Yeah, and we, the church, try, need to take well care done. of them. You know, Renee, <laughs> very few men and women have been able to, to uh, not touch God's gold or his glory. That's right. And when those politicians get there, even though they may have, might have been good people when they left home, but when they get there, that spirit of, of lust and that that uh, that uh, desire for the gold and the Arrogance, glory, the fame, yes. you know, and, and all the perks that they get, which are crazy. We need to change that. It's no, that's nuts, right. that's nuts right. for them to go serve a two-year term and then get a pension the rest of their life and not have to pay the insurance Hello. like we do and not have to, well, it's just, I don't want to get on that. Just remember, but Psalm 78. Politicians get nuts and they get demon-possessed and the church needs to pray for them and believe God on them so that they're not running our life, we're running theirs. Oh, that's right. But anyway, it's the end of the year. We wanted to say thank you for this year, for 2018. We're charging 2019 and going to get the job done. We've said many times God's given us 12 checks every year, January through December, and only what we spend for God will last. We've even got a week left uh, in this year, six wow. days left in, in this year. You've got 12, six days left in your, the December, prayers you can pray. in your December checkbook that you can pray. pray, pray you can pray. believe God. You can give, give. Uh, and just uh, do believe something for, for the glory of God. Unexpected resources. End this year by saying we spent the 12th check in December That's for the right. glory of God. And then in January, God's given us 12, another check with 12, another checkbook with 12 checks in it. Do not and let's determine, the like line. we determine, we're going to do more for God in 2019. Amen. God has crowned the year with his bounty and in all his paths drip fatness. And that crowning of the year is right here as we finish one and begin the next. And I just want to encourage you to do that. Psalm 78, 
was that whole thing was over food and arrogance. It was over lust and it was over pride. And that whole thing in there of why they died in the wilderness was because they just could not control the lust of their flesh and the arrogance that made their mouths speak against God. So I want to encourage you today. Terry and I are, are standing in faith with you, believing God with you. You, you are... We're the praying people for of our partners God. daily, daily. You know, a lot of people watching this, a lot of people send us messages. I'm, and, I'm and, not uh, able to read all of them, but I bless you so Bendiga. much, you sweethearts that uh, wrote in. Aaron Kolb, great friend, missionary in Mexico. Just uh, so many people are saying they're watching, they're praying, and they're God enjoying it. God bless you all. And uh, God bless you You're all. You're so valuable. Amen. God bless us, everyone. Everyone. <laughs> anyway, God bless you. We'll be talking to you next Wednesday in the That's podcast. Right. It'll be the first podcast of 2019. And uh, we're going to, his people are going to rise up and do exploits. That's right. In That's Jesus us. Name. Remember, you're more than conquerors. <laughs>